I want to take you on a, on a trip down memory lane back to your junior high science class. I don't know who remembers some of the principles and, and laws that you learn, um, but how about Archimedes' principle? Does anybody remember what that one's about? I, I'm not going to read the formula because uh, I don't understand all the words, but I think it explains why a, a giant ship weighing hundreds of thousands of pounds doesn't sink, but a small pebble throw it in the water and it might just sink to the bottom. Or how about Newton's laws of motion? The first one, again, I'm not going to read all the laws, but uh, things go until they are stopped. Uh, Now we have other forces like gravity and friction, but imagine a a downhill skier. Uh, They would go all day until they get to the bottom or until they hit a tree. Things go until they're stopped. The second law, force equals mass times acceleration. Uh, I thought about two football players. Uh, maybe a, a lineman that weighs 350 pounds and a running back that weighs 175 pounds, and they collide out on the field. Well, who's going to win? Usually, I think the, uh, the, the person with more mass would win. But if the acceleration is high enough, then actually the, the smaller guy could win too. This is a law. Uh, how about the third one? Um, I, I, uh, I don't even know what the law is, but um, it's uh, when, when an object has... Uh, energy going in a direction, and it hits another one, then an equal and opposite uh, reaction will go the other way. So dominoes. It's why they continue to go. But what would happen if, if you tried to uh, do something knowing that this law is in place, but it didn't happen? How, how, how would you feel if it didn't hold true? See, these principles and laws are very important because these are frameworks that we live our life on. We know if we do something, there will be a certain reaction. You have a pretty good idea what that is. Well, we're in week two of taking responsibility for your life. It's a, it's a series based on an Andy Stanley series. And last week we looked at uh, the origin of irresponsibility. So then today we're going to look at, at why we would want to be responsible, the, the why in it. Principles have trusted outcomes, always. You always know they're going to happen. So today we're going to look at a biblical principle uh, with a trusted outcome. And it's simply this. We reap what we sow. Yeah, that's it. We reap what we sow. These are farming terms. When you sow, it's when you plant and work the ground. And when you reap, it's the harvest. It's when you get get the result. This is practical advice, and it has stood the test of time. And it's not neutral. See, it's not really good or bad. It just depends what action will happen. There will be a certain reaction. Uh, for example, putting, applying this principle to money. Uh, you, could, you could say that money is good or money is bad, but, but if I take $5,000 and I invest it, and in 30 years, uh, what I reap will probably be very good. Um, or I could have $5,000 in debt and carry it for the next 30 years with a high interest rate, and then what I would reap in 30 years would not be good. And so it really depends on what you sow that leads to what you reap. So I want to look back at the text we looked at last week, Galatians chapter 6. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 to start us, start us off here. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ." If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. And so what he's saying is don't compare yourselves to others. 
I can't compare myself to the person who I feel like I'm, I'm more responsible. I'm being a better Christian. I'm following God better than, than him, so, man, look how good I am. Because there's probably someone on the other side of the room that, well, he, he's doing a lot better than me, but I'm just going to ignore that. He says, don't do either of those. Just compare yourself to yourself. How am I doing? Am, am I looking more like Jesus today than I was yesterday or five years ago or ten years ago? He keeps going, verse 4, each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Now, this is a little carryover from last week. Remember, your backpack you carry, and I have a backpack, and, and uh, Colin had a backpack, and, and Rob has, an, has a backpack. Well, I don't compare my backpack to someone else's. We might have different responsibilities. If I feel like, well, I'm not doing enough because I'm not doing as much as someone else, or I'm doing a lot because I'm doing more, my responsibilities may not, may not be, uh, still be, be met. Right? We have to look at our own. Keep going, verse 6. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. God cannot be mocked. You can fool a lot of people. Uh, you might be able to fool your mom. You know, I didn't get my homework done because, um, well, the teacher didn't give us the assignment in time. And, and you can fool your teacher and say, well, um, my dog ate my homework. Uh, you know, then I don't even know if that happens. Or it didn't save right. You can fool someone else. You could fool your spouse and, and, and trick. You can trick a lot of people into believing things that you are fulfilling your responsibilities. But you can't fool God. God cannot be mocked. You will be responsible, and there will be consequences. And here, here's where this principle comes into place. The next words in the passage, a man reaps what he sows. It's not karma. It's not that uh, bad things happen to bad people and good things to good people. It's, it's simply a principle that if you do something, there will be a, a reaction. Bad things do happen to good people. At times, we catch bad breaks at times, but many times we put ourselves in these bad situations, and maybe we've been in them so long and we've never tried to get out. And so there's consequences. Maybe in a marriage, it might be blaming finances on, on your spouse because you've ignored them for 20 years and never, never looked. You just let them handle it and they did it differently than you would. Or maybe it's uh, parents um, blaming. Uh, the other parent for the way that the kid acts because you discipline differently, or a coworker. You might be able to fool everyone else into thinking you're doing everything right, and you might fool yourself into thinking that you do everything right and, and everything else is everyone's fault. But God knows when you neglect your responsibilities, and there will be a reaction of some kind. Now, it's not always it's good or, or bad. I, I said that already, but I have an example. Uh, the Old Testament Joseph Joseph had, had, had brothers um, and his dad, and his dad liked him more than his brothers. It, it, at least it seemed that way. And he told his brothers that he had a dream uh, that he ruled over them. Now, Joseph was a, a, he seemed to be a very good guy. He seemed to be very obedient to God, and he seemed to be blessed by God, yet he still was thrown into slavery. Why? Why would such a, a bad thing happen to such a good person? Well, he knows the answer, but where did this come from? Well, he shared that dream with his brothers. And there was a reaction. We reap what we sow, even in, even in a sentence that we might say. It, it may lead to something else. And this is a principle that holds true every single time. 
It's a good thing, though. I mean, really think about this. It sounds like it's all negative. This is a great thing. Natural laws allow us to become more wise. How would you feel if you taught your, your children, if they grow up this way and they follow these, uh, these morals and these principles and, and, and they follow God in the way that the Bible tells them to, and then all of a sudden uh, they're 30 years old and God just changes the natural laws? That would be horrible. See, uh, your life today, your life today is the way it is because of decisions of the past. Uh, sometimes uh, the decisions weren't yours. We're not looking at those today. We are looking at the decisions that you've made over the last 5, 10, 50 years and, and, and what you are reaping from what you have sown. And then also, the decisions you make today will, uh, will lead to uh, an outcome tomorrow. And so, you might be making all the right decisions today, but still feeling consequences of decisions from 10 years ago. It, there's forgiveness and there's grace but it doesn't change that we reap what we sow. I don't always like this principle. I really don't. I wish that I could go back and change certain things in my life, and I can't. But without it, wisdom would be pointless. Uh, it would not be helpful because we wouldn't know what the outcome is. We wouldn't know that if we live a certain way, then it will lead us to something else, and that would be chaotic. Now, this is a series by Andy Stanley, and I've used a little bit of his stuff, but actually, this next part is, was from his dad, Charles, Stanley's, Charles Stanley. He said um, that we reap both later and greater, right? This is, uh, this is why people quit doing things that will someday produce good, uh, but it's too far down the road. It's too much later. And I don't, I don't want to invest in something that's going to help 30 years when I, can, I might be able to just enjoy the next two years. And, and then he says we, we reap greater. Now, a, a little decision can impact later so much, whether it's negative or positive. Uh, again, I mentioned uh, financially, the debt and interest. If you only invest a little bit now, well, you will, you will probably reap a lot more uh, a lot later, and it will be a lot greater. If you have a relationship with, with your child when they're young uh, and you invest just a little bit every day, you will probably have a better relationship later and it, it might be a lot greater. Uh, we just know that now leads to later. And, and so to finish the text, it says this, whoever sows to please their flesh uh, from the flesh will, will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. This is a, this is a big one. This is saying... What do you live for? Do you live for, uh, do you live for pleasure and flesh, your, your body now, um, just to, uh, to find power or pleasure or, or satisfaction now, or do we live for eternity? Uh, and, and if we're just going to live for now, it's not going to end up well, but we have to live for eternity. It keeps going. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. It's time to start sowing right now. Uh, consider what you are sowing individually and as a family and, and as a church. What seeds are we planting? What work are we doing to produce a result that we want? Now, I need to say something. Um, I've had some talks with, 
with people. Uh, some have questioned me for not speaking up about the racial equality talks. Uh, that as, as a church, we need to be saying something. And, and I would gladly talk to anyone individually, but I have reasons for not speaking up at, in, certain, in certain ways that maybe someone would want me to. But I want you to know that I am sowing seeds of love for everyone in my home as well as uh, hopefully in, in the church. Uh, my wife and I donated, donated to the Equal Justice Initiative when we saw that my sister-in-law had created this fundraiser on her birthday. And my wife and I were talking about uh, racism and racial equality and just what was going on, and my seven-year-old daughter overheard that. And uh, it wasn't a secret. We, weren't, we wanted her to hear it, really. And, and uh, Harper, she asked, she said, why would people not like people because they have black skin? Do, do they think that they have a black heart, too? It made no sense to her. It would be like if I said, well, if you, ha- if you have green eyes, people won't like you. Or if you have a, a, an, an attached earlobe, uh, people won't like you. I mean, that's, that was her mindset. She was just shocked that, that this actually existed. And, and you know what? As far as I'm con- concerned, she will never uh, have this, this mindset of racism. And if I ever catch anyone trying to teach her this, they will have one chance because they, she won't be around them again. And I will tell Tell them, uh, tell her that they are ignorant and hateful, and Jesus would not stand for it. See, this is this is how we how we change the world. We we plant seeds now in our homes in loving people. Uh, there will be a positive outcome if we do this. And I don't want my kids to grow up in in uh, in a world full of full of rioting. But I also don't want my kids to grow up in a country where a person's looked down on because of the color of their skin. And we need to sow seeds of love. And specifically loving those who maybe aren't feeling love from, from the world around them. What we sow now will matter later. What work we put into teaching our kids will make a huge difference. If you want to change the world, you're probably not going to do it today. But man, we can make it a whole lot better in five years and ten years and, and for the next hundred years by what we are teaching our kids so we, we have to, this is how I think we should change it. Do you want the world to know Jesus and what he teaches in the next generation? Well, then we have to start planting him, uh, his seeds in our, in our kids, and we have to uh, put him first. And we have to say that he's not just on the back burner and on Sundays, but he's a priority all the time. This is how we, how we sow. We have to think what really matters and then actually show people this is what really matters. Whatever age you are, you might think, man, I wish I would have heard this before. I wish I would have known this principle. Well, we all did. Uh, we just ignored it at times. But the good news is we have a chance today to decide what matters, what we want for our children and our church and the world around us, and then start teaching that, start showing that, start loving people. God is not going to change this rule. This is, this is going to exist forever. If God were cha- going to change this rule, he would have done it a long time ago. I mean, I was just thinking about this. If the, since the penalty of sin is death, and someone had to die for our sins, but God made everything, he could have just said, you know what, I'm going to change the rule. Uh, that's, that's what I'm going to do. It's going to be easy because I love people, but I love my son, and I don't want him to die. He could have done that. He could have said, you know what, I, I'm the boss. But you know what, what he did instead? He, he followed his ways. He didn't change. If he's the same yesterday and today and tomorrow, well, we've seen him show that that's never going to change. Instead, he made a huge sacrifice so that he could continue to be who he was. And it wasn't fair, but it was the way it needed to be. 
And because of that, we know we can trust him. We know that these principles aren't going to change. The Bible's not going to change. God is not going to change. And so we, we know if we, if, we want it to, if we want a certain result, then plant the seeds. He's told us how to do it. God made the world in a way that we know we can trust him and we can learn from his word and we can learn from Jesus and, and know the work that needs to be done. There are no tricks to this. It's not confusing. It's just take responsibility today. Decide what you are responsible for for yourself and for your family and for the church and for the kingdom. And when you know what you're responsible for, then do it. Start doing the work. Maybe life doesn't feel fair. I, I get that. But I, I think when we consider much of our issues, we would be much better off questioning ourselves than questioning God because he didn't change. And so I would just... Ask yourself, I, I would ask myself, am I taking responsibility of my life or not? In just a moment, you're going to have a chance to take communion uh, in your homes. I, I want this uh, to be a reminder that, that God did consider the harvest, his people. He considered us so much that he was willing to do the hard work and send Jesus to die in our place. And so let the bread and the juice remind us of God's faithfulness. And so when we know who we're following, we know that he's not going to change. His love will never fail. We most certainly can trust him, both now and forever. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much uh, for, for being constant. Thank you for being uh, the same all the time. And, and for us to, to be able to know that we can trust you, uh, we can know that, uh, that we will always have the same hope and that you will always love us, and, and those things will remain. So uh, I, I pray for every person that we would consider what we are doing uh, for you and for the world around us, for our families. I pray that we would take responsibility uh, because you did exactly what needed to happen uh, to give us eternal life, and we're so thankful. Thank you so much for sending Jesus. That's his name we pray. Amen.